All right, welcome back. We're uh, doing the late shift tonight. This is later than we usually do, so it should be fun. It should get a little weird. It is Friday, the seventh of January, episode forty-nine, almost fifty. Very excited. I was really hoping we get the fifty for twenty twenty-two, but we're not that far behind. And we have lots of good tech stuff, lots of good car stuff. I have some really fun Web three DeFi stuff to talk about. That I think is gonna be a really good time. But I wanted to start out was saying that my matrix review was um, a little premature and uh, I stand by what I said. The movie didn't really have to be made. It wasn't incredible, but I did give Keanu a little bit of unnecessary uh, unnecessary bad mouth in there. He donated 70% of his profits to children's cancer research. So um, I, I, re I retract my comment of saying that he did it for a paycheck. That is, that is on me. I'm gonna take that one and uh, that is on me. Good for Keanu. Good, good guy Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Love he's he's got a meme about him. Good guy Keanu, and it's it's it stayed true. Mm -hmm. I think he's just like he minds his business, takes what he needs to keep living whatever lifestyle it is that he maintains, and the rest he just gives away. I keep noticing that wherever there's always news stories about him donating salaries and payouts and that type of thing. He's like the one actor that you really just can't say anything bad about. Maybe he's hiding something dark, and that's why he's doing this. Who knows? Well, his story came out a little while ago, and I, I can't speak to it word for word, but I, I'm pretty sure he had some like really messed up stuff happen to him early in his life, and so it basically just turned him into like an actual real life superhero. Hmm. Well, you know, I would I would look that up. So I'll I'll see if I can link something. But either way, I uh, I also wanted to note since we're on TV shows and movies, I feel like the entire business world watches the show Succession. Do you do either of you watch that show? I do not. Do you, Matt? Nope. What about Billions? Uh, I've heard I've heard a bunch of people really enjoy uh, Billions, and uh, that's what I meant to start watching, but have not. What about you, Matt? Nope. Yeah, I, I literally get those recommendations all the time, and it seems like everyone in the world watches them that is like connected to anything having to do with business or finance, but I don't know. They sound great, and I was kind of hoping someone would give me a good review, so if you liked them, obviously, submissions.feelgoodfinance at gmail.com, but... Either way, okay, let's jump in. We got we're starting off with entrepreneurship stuff, and I th I think that's you, Matt. It is me. So this just popped up on my news feed today. Taco Bell has launched a Taco a Day subscription for around ten dollars, depending on the choice. You can get a free crunchy taco or crunchy taco supreme, soft taco or supreme, Doritos Locos taco or supreme, or a spicy potato taco every day of the month. The, and I was like, this is basically like Burger King's. You'd pay $5, get a cup of black coffee every single day for a month. The, uh, yeah, the subscription model has leaked into literally everything in our lives, and now it's in the food. That's crazy. I'm thinking about splitting it with my roommate, and then there we, like, one of us gets a taco every other day, and we're happy. If it was anything besides Taco Bell, I might do it. It's just, that's just so bad for you. It's so awesome. Yeah, I was about to say, this This is scaring me a little bit. It starts to make me think of the supersized me's yeah. we used to have way back in the day before they made that movie. And, and we're like, hey, this is killing you guys. Oh, and yeah. they're now, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to buy the taco subscription, eat a taco every day. If you split it with someone, that's one thing. But if, if I were to buy a taco subscription and every single day I had a Taco Bell taco for lunch, I, my... I would not, I'd probably shave a couple of years off my life. So I would think if farm stands or like little local grocery places did a subscription model, 
for their healthy food, I think that would have massive success because it would help them lock in their profits every month and say, all right, look, so you pay us 50 bucks a month and you get 50% off like everything up to a certain limit. So that helps them lock in a little bit of profit. It encourages the community to eat healthy and they've said, all right, well, you can come here and pay a ridiculously low price to get a massive amount of food. That would be awesome. That's a really cool idea. Someone should do that. Or even if like you go to a farmer's market and like you paid a subscription, like you said, $50 a month and then like, at the end of the farmer's market day, they have a certain amount of like vegetables, fruits or whatever they're left over that people didn't want. And then you get those like they 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 divvy that up amongst their customers that are part of the subscription, whatever they have left over after the farmer's market that gets kicked out to these customers. It's stuff they wouldn't normally sell. You get fresh fruit and vegetables that are amazing. So that's interesting. I, what, what if you just what if everyone just waited till the very end anyways? And they're like, oh, well, it's either throw it away or give it out. I mean, they're still getting the money for everybody paying $50 a month. Yeah. Or I mean, they're not going to really necessarily give you more than $50 in value of fruits or vegetables. It just means that they send it out to people. I have to wonder what the profit margins on fruit and veggies are because they have to be, they have to be reasonably high. But I would think that the startup cost for the farm is what offsets everything because vegetables are really cheap. But also you can produce them like in massive quantities over a season or two. And obviously it's not easy in any way to do farming. Farming is unbelievably hard, but I don't know. Yeah, I've thought of that. And like someone was like, you can get one fruit or vegetable, take the seeds from it, plant 10 others. And then once those grow, take their uh, seeds, plant 20 others and so on and so on. And I was, and then like a farmer hopped on that thread was like, yo man, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't work. That's not how farming yields work. Otherwise I'd be out of a job. Farming is a literal science. It's an industry that while everyone else has grown, it has grown very quietly in the background and just gotten way more complex and fancy. And no one seems to realize that. We still think like farmers are bumpkins. It's nuts. You ever meet one and start talking to them and you're like, oh my God, you're a smart person <laughs> to be able they're to manage all that stuff. Over, They're millionaires in overalls driving tractors. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And they live very simple lives. Been here all my life, never leaving. I'm like, oh, do you do you? Probably happier than all of us. Yeah, it's like them Amish, simple jobs that just make them happy. Oh, Joey and I have seen the Amish before. Oh, have we seen the Amish up here in PA? Let me tell you, we got our fair concentration of uh, of the Amish up here. Funny story. Uh, my girlfriend and I, her sister, got married out in Lancaster up here in PA, which is, it's Amish country. And... Um, we went to Applebee's after her sister's wedding because there's nothing in Lancaster. Trust me, Applebee's is the big move. <laughs> and we walked in there. We got the last table. Last names on the list. We have <clears> our <throat> names on the list. Didn't even get the table yet. Big group of the Amish kids from uh, from the local area come in. They're like, sorry, they got the last table. Pointed at us, and I felt terrible because all these Amish kids wanted to do on their Saturday night was go to Applebee's. Yeah, that's like the one thing they get to do all week, and you ruined it. Yeah, one of the one-dollar drinks. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I hope they found some something else fun to do. Maybe they went back to their barn and had a little hey hey dance hey down. Matt, you know? are there are there any Amish in Florida? I literally don't know. So yeah, we've actually got a community down here in Sarasota. It's called I think Pinecrest oh or gosh. something like that, and it's basically the you can Google it. It's like the Amish vacation center. Basically, they <laughs> hop on planes, which they're not supposed to do. And they fly to Florida, which they're not supposed to do. And they come down here and they party and they have pool parties. And there's like, there's at least two Amish restaurants down here, but they have like their summer homes and it's kind of relaxed. They don't have the same rules. They drive around golf carts instead of uh, horse and buggies. 
really cool. I've been to the restaurants. It's like the best Southern food you've ever had. They have 50 different pies you can choose from that are made fresh every single day. It's amazing. Okay, so if you live your entire life by these really strict rules and you live a very wholesome, hardworking, happy life, you 100% absolutely get to take an awesome vacation once a year. You, you deserve that in every way. You're doing better than most of us are, and you're probably happier. I, I'm happy for him. I, I keep saying, if I fail one more exam, then I'm just going to join them down here, and I'm going to live a simple life, driving a golf cart, making pies. It's going to be great. And all my classmates know it. It's a joke. They say, uh, how'd you do, Matt? You doing in the Amish or you staying in med school? <laughs> You'd last six months. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, man, it'd be great. I'd read so many books. I don't give a shit about TV. I would read books. I'd live a simple life. I'd do hard outdoor work while it's bright outside. And then I'd, in the end of the day, I'd go inside, relax, make food. Oh, I, uh, I kind of dream of it just a little bit. Your future wife would not be happy with you at all. Oh, no, definitely not. But I told her she could make the dresses for the women, and she got a little bit excited, so we'll see. Okay, she is easy to please, and she's simple. I get that. But I thought you, six months would go by, and you'd be like, all right, I'm itching for the sound of an engine. <laughs> mm, I don't know. That, mm, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'd get into livestock or something instead. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd come down and visit you, and you'd just be obsessed with sheep. <laughs> Everyone's got that. Sheep is twelve horsepower. <laughs> you start measuring it just to get your car fixed. <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Centro, which is a company I've highlighted before. We did that in car stuff last time. They've got those kind of fun. It's a Chinese company, I believe. A kind of funky looking, specifically for industrial work, and they're little electric cars. They don't go very fast. Not, it was not like a Tesla that you'd take on the road. It's specifically made to have at a warehouse or factory that you need to be shipping stuff at medium to low speeds without a problem. And they're also moving into a warehouse here in Jacksonville, which I'm pretty excited about. It's going to be fun to see their stuff around as I work in that area. But they event, they actually just went public uh, through a merger with an Australian company called Naked Brand Group. And it's like the first time I was just waiting. It was the first time I've seen it where it's like, okay, yeah, we went, we went public through a merger with an actual real company, not a SPAC. I was, I was ex completely expecting it. Like went through a public through a merger with New York SPAC with these 12 investors. And I was like, ah, oh, crap, maybe they're frauds, but no good on them. Very proud. I think it's awesome. Welcome to my city. We're happy to have you. Yeah. That sounds amazing that like, one of these new, every time you get a new electric EV company, like you can look up that same EV company and SPAC and it's almost always going to kick out resu uh, results that it's like pending or it's already happening, whatever. But to see it actually happening with a real company that there's actually some viability is awesome. Makes me happy. That's for sure. And also I, I especially like this company because they compete in a weird space. Like every new EV company that comes out, we're going to talk about Sony soon, but every new company that comes out is just flat out competing with Tesla or Rivian. And like, that's it. They, they're competing with one of the two that have kind of made it happen or Lucid even. And it's neat to see one that's basically said, all right, we need to differentiate the heck out of our product. And they did it and it works. And you think, well, where else would this go? Oh, it can go literally anywhere in the, in the industrial United States. And it makes sense. Yeah, I, I keep seeing more companies dip into that too. I mean, fork trucks that are in like factories and that type of thing, they've been electric for a while. I know yep. the ones that are at Anheuser-Busch when I worked there, they had gigantic battery packs in them. But I just saw one today that popped up that Bobcat's even kicking out a fully electric uh, excavator, the little ones with the bucket on the front. And I was like, well, that's cool. 
it's going to be sneaky. I'm telling you, it's going to be very, very sneaky. And the like normal people that aren't ridiculous nerds like us aren't going to see it because they're paying attention to the big news of, oh, Tesla costs this much. The F-150 Lightning costs this much. Those aren't the things you have to worry about. It's the it's like the little changes behind the scenes in the manufacturing stuff. And then once that's done, everything gets cheaper and the costs trickle up and or the costs trickle down. And like we're all good. We're all in a really good spot. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. We just need to make sure it continues on because we're kind of getting like this horizontal, like every single vehicle of sorts is going into electric vehicles, but we don't necessarily have the power output that generates the electricity to power these things coming from a like a sustainable source yet. And I think we need to just keep this ball rolling and not let it slow down to where we need to switch away from coal, natural gas, whatever else to, that generates the power to sustainable things. Because once these are all electric, doesn't make it any better if it's still powered by electricity that comes from a coal plant. Right. There's still other problems to solve and we still need to move further. But I think, I don't think that problem needs to be solved for a while. I think the next one is obviously like the battery longevity. I saw on Twitter, I think, I don't remember who said it, so this is bad reporting, and I don't remember what exactly it said. And I also don't remember if it was real, because it looks like a it looks like a fraud tweet, like totally fake. But it said, oh no, it was Unusual Whales. I actually trust them. I, they kick out really good news. And he said, there's some company who's built this concentrated version of the battery pack that Tesla's been kicking out. And apparently, whenever you stick it in like a Model P or whatever the Model S... Apparently, they get about 780 miles of range with this concentrated battery. Later on in the show. You, oh, you have it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. No, it's all good. We can talk about it right now if you want. Yeah, let's do it. What, might as well. Okay. So, it's a, a startup out of Michigan oh, called Our Next Energy. Yeah. And basically, they swapped their battery into a Tesla. And then two runs, it had over 750 miles of range on it. Jeez. The first run was in Michigan outdoors. It ran an average of 55 miles an hour, which is below the average that like the EPA does. They do it at like 65. So like keep that in mind. But it's in uh, sub-freezing temperatures, and it went 750 miles. They did another run on a dyno indoors in ideal temperatures which was 73 degrees Fahrenheit, like it is beautiful down here in South Florida. It went 882 miles Jeez. in the ideal conditions. Yeah, at 55 and, miles an hour, which is like just perfectly below highway speed. Yep. And so it's actually run by Apple's former senior director of energy storage. Figures. <laughs> But my question was, is like, is this actually a major improvement? Like, I understand that they're like swapping out the batteries, but is it like essentially like tuning for an electric car? Could like, if you're really smart, could you go in and tune your Tesla to be more efficient and just have less power? Because all the Teslas have like so much power that are at the wheels at any time that's available and that's got to cost a certain amount. So could you just tune your Tesla to not have that amount of power and then have more range? Maybe I, but this is, this is almost like akin to modifying your normal car is you're like, you're swapping out the battery pack to gain range, but you could sacrifice that range for even more power, even though it truly just doesn't really like the top of the line ones don't need any more power. But say you had a lower end, like a model three with just the rear wheel drive. Could you swap one of these battery packs in and tell it you could like get on your computer and tune it and say, okay, give me 1200 horsepower. Like I can do it. And now I'm still going to, I'm only going to get my, my 300 miles of range, but I'm going to have more power than anything can physically handle. 
that's my question. Like, could you have the plaid do 800 miles of range because it has that much power? Yeah. Or could you, like you said, swap these batteries into a three and then give it a plaid level of power? I haven't looked. I'm, I'm going to see if I can get into the article right now because was it, was it a Tesla Model S? Yeah, it was. It was a Model S. Yes. So it's already loaded with like what? They have 500, 600 horsepower? It's something crazy like that. It's plenty, and they go fast as hell. <laughs> Jeez, how cool is that? That's awesome. I wish they would have tested it at, I don't know, like 80. I think 80 would have made sense, just to see if that changes it, because the battery is probably running a little bit hotter. The other thing that I always think about is the batteries are kind of weird, because they have, like they, they perform very well in optimal temperatures, but they cannot get too hot. If they get too hot, they blow up. And if they get too cold, they just don't work. I'm really surprised this thing still worked in sub-freezing temperatures. Yeah, I think that was kind of the big thing is like, even though we tested at 55 miles per hour, it still ran 752 miles in sub-freezing temperatures in Michigan. That blows my mind. All right, Joey, when you get your Tesla, you're just gonna give it to Matt and I, and we're gonna, we're gonna get some work done to it. <laughs> See, that's all you guys. I, I don't know nearly enough, but uh, if, as long as it, Runs, runs strong and long. Yeah, and, you're, and I'm good. You're not gonna use. You're not gonna use even a quarter of that power. I know. You know me. I'm like I drive like like a grandmother's. Do do do. Go my happy speed. I, I love it. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. If uh, that's that that was one of my big gripes whenever the electric car thing started officially turning over. It was like, all right, I need to be able to modify it and change it. And I don't just mean changing out the like the colors on it. Even though there are some really well done paint jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I think we're we're not that far. Like one of the big things in the car world is the Cannonball Run, and if you don't know what oh, the yeah. Cannonball Run is, is a drive from New York to like L.A. If I remember right, it's yeah. cross country, and you're trying to make it in the fastest amount of time possible. The people have done it in like rental Mustangs that they had like a souped up gas tank dropped in it, and all these other things. And they set ridiculous times. They have like two drivers. They like pee in bags, and then they just like don't stop at all and they drive at 110 miles per hour the whole way i think we're not a far away from having teslas and whatever else competing for these because like they they'll be able to do it soon enough if you could do 800 miles of range in a 15 minute full charge time i think you could crush anything because it would just go 150 the whole time and it would have no problem yeah i don't know that's nuts i would love to see that The, the the other thing is it's really tough to argue that the Formula E motorsports are better or ever going to be better than the current. Like Formula One is obviously the top tier, but I love really dirty, weird motorsports. Like anything to do with the off-road stuff or the drifting competitions is so much fun. And you really just don't get the same feel with that because it's so quiet. I still think they're cool. I mean, it, it is cool. quiet. They are. And it's not the same thing. Like, I totally understand. Like, I'm a Tesla fanboy, and I will happily admit it. But, like, I do get that when I get in my car, I enjoy the sound of it. When I hopped in my dad's car, he has a 2005 Mustang GT. And I despise Mustangs, even though I drive one. I'm a Firebird guy, even though they're old, irrelevant, and gone. But I love them because they sounded amazing. They smelled amazing. The smell of gas coming out back. Oh, my God. It was perfect. But... When I hopped in my dad's Mustang GT, I loved it. It just sounded beautiful. And I hate that I uh, say that and that I thoroughly enjoyed the ride in it that I had. 
Ford has literally made their entire reputation off selling cars that sound really flipping good when they turn on. It was just beautiful. It was a cold start in yep. like December and in the garage. And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> so good. This is that 4.6 engine, that 4.6 V8. It's a beautiful engine. Really well done. I like it a lot. All right. We are going to come back to cars, I think. I want to finish up tech before we go too crazy, even though at this point, cars and tech kind of mesh because it's mostly electric car stuff. But I, uh, I wanted to give Joey a good one. So I found a company, uh, I found a product called the Pebble and it's by a company called Shift All, which is one word. It would be two words, Shift and All, but they're smashed together because, you know, it's cute and fun marketing. And it's this product, it's this small product that you strap it to your back. It's hard to describe what it is. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You strap it to your back and you use it whenever you're on a VR headset. So Joe, you still like your VR headset, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And the only thing really disconnecting you from whatever you're doing in the VR world is you can't actually feel what's happening, which is probably a good thing. You don't want to be too connected because then we get to like Ready Player One, which is a lot. But this thing can make you with with a proper shirt. They make sure to say that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what kind of shirt you need to be wearing, but you have to have like a specific shirt on. It can change your body to feel temperatures between 47 and 107 degrees. So say you're walking next to a fire, all of a sudden you get really hot. That's a crazy idea. That would be freaky. That would be very freaky because that's prime metaverse stuff. Oh, that's incredible. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at it right now. I would definitely buy one if it's uh, if it ever comes to market. I'm attempting to buy one right now and it's not letting me, but <laughs> that was hey, quick. I'm all in. <laughs> that was so quick. I wanted to invest in it because I thought it was really cool. And I was the other thing I was like, if they did a mountain climbing adventure or something like that, you're climbing up the mountain, it just gets colder and colder as you go. That would be really neat. Or um, the other, the third use case that I wanted to pitch was a virtual sauna. How fun would that be? Or like, like a virtual like, uh, like, like vacation resort? I think that would be cool. Because, you know, say you can't afford a vacation, but you've already dropped $400, $300 on a VR headset. You jump in the virtual pool and all of a sudden, ooh, you get the cold, ooh, then you go in the hot tub and ooh, I don't know, I, the beach, it'd, it'd just be fun. It's it's cute, it's whatever, it's a little good little escape. Yeah, it's a cool little product and I think we'll see more more products like that trying to get you more immersed into the virtual world here within the next year. I mean, I've seen Meta actually just came out with like full specs on their, their, uh, their VR gloves. I haven't looked too much into them yet, but I keep getting them advertised to me on my YouTube. Uh, everyone's done videos detailing them. So there's a lot more information on those that I haven't paid any attention to yet just because I'm kind of kind of one foot in, one foot out. Like, are, are we ready for this? Am I ready for this? Am I not ready for this? I don't know. Yeah, a lot of moral problems to be solved. We've talked about the haptic gloves before. Is it the same thing? Um, I'm trying to think. Are you talking about like the gloves that we've discussed before on here? Yeah, and they vibrate and have resistance and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. And I, I know I know some of them are being used already. The one the one show I watch every now and then, the Pat McAfee show. Oh yeah. Uh for listeners out there, Pat McAfee used to be a punter in the NFL and now he's a big media personality. But he's big into the Oculus arena as well. He has an Oculus Quest too, and he's a big fan of it. And uh they were talking about how I guess there was an article that came out. Um there's already been a uh a report of uh I don't know how to phrase this. Someone's in trouble for for sexual harassment in the metaverse already. He ran up and uh, and started touching people with wow. these gloves. So I don't know how that works. I don't know if you can just kick someone out of the metaverse, but 
Where do we draw the line here? Who's in charge of the laws in the metaverse? I don't know. I would think super simple. If more than one person in the virtual room you're in afflicts you off at the same time, you just get kicked out. It just boots you out immediately. Perfect. Done. I solved it. <laughs> easy enough, you know? Genius. And I, I, I don't think we should be allowing jagoffs into the metaverse. I don't know. I think it's easy as that. Why do we need to bring that into the metaverse? Well, you're not going to be able to stop it. There's no way. Trolls exist in every single form possible. You should know that. Yeah, you give them a virtual area where it's a lawless land. Give them a virtual inch and they take a virtual mile. Yeah, can't just expect, can't expect the best out of people sometimes. Flipping trolls, crazy. <laughs> all right, so oh. let's cover let's cover the VR games real quick and then we'll do CES. Is that all right? Yeah, so, yeah. Ton of exciting VR games coming up this year since we're on the topic of the of the Quest already. Um, now's a great time to go out and get yourself Quest Two. A um, couple big ones I've seen today and I'll be paying attention to. First one, Cosmonious High. What it is, it's uh, it's by the people who created Job Simulator and Vacation Simulator. And what Cosmonious High is, it's like, it's like a high school simulator. So if you miss high school, you can go back to high school. But here's the kick. It's an alien high school. So I don't know. Could be pretty cool if you're a fan of high school and if you want to live out your your fantasy of going to an alien high school with a bunch of aliens. If you really, really want to go back to high school for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and it will be great. They should, um, they should make it miserable just so you realize it was all nostalgia. <laughs> then maybe a lot of people would stop fantasizing about high school as the glory days. That's a good point. That's true. That's true. Also, this podcast sponsored by Meta. Go buy your Oculus Quest 2 right now. <laughs> That's good. I wish we had this Oh, up. geez. All right. Keep going. Next one, um, Zenith VR MMO. It's going to be, I've seen trailers of the beta. Um, and it looks incredible. What it is, it's it's a virtual reality MMO, essentially. Everything you think about. Uh, think like World of Warcraft, almost, except in virtual reality. The environments are great. The uh, the interaction's great. Um, all, that, all that they've had is just betas and, uh, and, like, different test runs. So, I mean, if it works, it'll be a great, fantastic, fun game. If it doesn't work, um, it could flop. Who knows yet? Uh, but we're expecting to see that sometime in 2022. I haven't um, found a single good MMO in VR yet. I've tried a couple and they're all just terrible or there's like 12 year olds mm -hmm. screaming in your ear and there's no mute button. I it it kind of very frustrating because I'm sitting here like this would be easy to fix. Let me just cancel out the people that are really annoying and let me do what I want. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but this one, the, the beta at least looks interesting. All the, all the test runs and, and developments and stuff, any videos that are out there right now look good. But like you said, who knows what will happen once you get into the hands of the public. Fingers crossed. All right. I'm excited mm -hmm. for the next one. Uh, next one, Assassin's Creed VR, Woo! uh, big one, not a whole bunch of information on it yet. Um, but very excited about that. And another game that goes along with that is Splinter Cell VR, kind of in the same boat as Assassin's Creed VR. Not a lot of information yet, but expected in 2022. And uh, very excited. Um, all the games I've discussed so far will be on the Quest headset, um, the Quest 2. I don't know if the Quest 1 can support them. I think Cosmonies High may be on the Quest 1, but the other one's definitely Quest 2. Have you figured out when they're coming out with the new one? That I forget what they're calling it, but they're like the brand new branded headset. They haven't said yet. It'll probably be next year or the year after. And it looks 
it looks almost more industrial in nature than than just consumer facing. Huh. It's going to be able to do a lot more than just play games from what I've seen and what I've heard on it. it it's almost like it's something that they're going to market towards companies as well as like developers and higher end consumers. Facebook's smart. They definitely know that the virtual workspace is gaining popularity. I have a bunch of friends now that I've seen that have been jumping on the virtual workspace train and we've teased it but it's one of those things that you do have to like structure your desk around and make it work for you. It's really cool though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And I, I mean, I really do hope companies end up uh, taking it up and, uh, and implementing it. Um, but I guess the, the next, the last game here that we have on the list that'll be for the quest two is among us VR, which is the very popular uh, mobile game, laptop, internet game, um where you play with your friends it's kind of like a whodunit and i think it'll be a it'll be a good time in vr i don't know i was a fan of it i played it for probably a week there when it blew up and uh, i mean you get a couple buddies together play a little among us in vr uh it's a good time among us is a blast it's a good little party game mm -hmm. yeah and i can only imagine how much fun it would be if you get a bunch of people all with oculus headsets that you know all your buddies and uh little whodunit action and, and everyone's blaming each other it's a it, it's almost like a social experiment the game itself more uh the the fun happens in between the game sessions when you're trying to convince people to vote someone out yep no i totally agree it's the drama that gets it the nice thing about the social part of the oculus 2 is that whenever people are talking to you it's directly in your ear it's like you're a part of the conversation so that takes away having to just like have someone on facetime next to you when you play it's a really great little feature. It feels like you're just in the moment. Yeah, it'll be a great time. And then the last game here I saw Matt just added. Um, I'll let him dive into it here, but I think this one's only going to be on the PlayStation VR 2, which was just recently announced. Yeah. So I'll let him take away. Yeah, so they dropped <clears throat> Horizon Call of the Mountain, which would be, the, I guess, the third game in the series of Horizon, which, like Joey said, will only be on the PlayStation VR 2. But I played the first one. It's a really cool game idea, open world. You're basically in a dystopian, post-apocalyptic. Like, everybody's gone back to using, like, slingshots and bow and arrows, but all the creatures are all robots. Like, you've got robot wolves and tigers and giant, uh, like, uh, I don't know, the giant long-necked dinosaurs. They're there. Dinosaurs. Big dinosaur guy. But all the animals are robots and you're kind of fighting back against them in this post-apocalyptic world and it's going to be in vr only which is really cool i'm excited for it i might actually have to go get a vr thing just to play this i already wanted to get one because the newest half-life game is vr only and that makes me sad i didn't know they were doing a new half-life game that's wild i never played those but they're like the most widely talked about thing of the entire millennial generation so, right, the newest one is Half-Life Alex, A-L-Y-X, and it's VR only, and I think you can play it on multiple different systems, but it's best on, of course, the Valve system. Yeah. And the Valve VR system is like $1,000 for the full setup. And I just can't bring myself to pay $1,000 for a headset and a couple controllers and a charging dock. Yeah, no way. When get, I've got a computer that costs the same amount. Get the Quest or just get the normal Oculus that goes in your computer. They're fantastic. Yeah, I may have to do that because I want to play both of these games very badly. Well, mm -hmm. Horizon is one of those games that I always wanted to play. Yeah, I was like, I, I, again, I really just don't play video games very often anymore because I'm an, an adult who works and then does this and then does other stuff. But that is one of those where I said I would carve out time. It looks like so much fun, but it's PlayStation only, so whatever. Or PC. 
yeah, I'm just not doing that. <laughs> it's too much of a hassle. <laughs> that's a, that's, I don't want to go down that hole. <laughs> I know, but if you're someone like Joey, who's working from home, it's an investment for work, already get a better PC, do a monitor setup, something a little nicer. If you got to upgrade anyways, it's worth it. You can play a whole lot of games with a semi-decent pre-built PC. You don't even got to do the work. They basically will do it all for you and ship it to you. And this podcast also is sponsored by Work From Your Home and Buy a Fancy Laptop. <laughs> no, not a laptop computer. The laptops sound like jet engines when they warm up because it's trying to cram everything in a small little case. Well, buy a fancy desktop. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With all the fancy light-up LEDs and all, too. Yeah, you know, color, color makes it worth it, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just the lights that sold me on it. That's what it was. I love it. So all three of us I know follow the Morning Brew. I I follow all their social media accounts too, so this is more about that, but we all have their newsletter. I'll I'll link one of our links or something like that to the podcast and I please use it. I just absolutely really enjoy their news. They do a great job. Even though they haven't been that great recently, they typically do a great job. They have been getting super spicy on their social media and Twitter especially can sometimes get there. Like their replies will they'll definitely, they'll definitely get you going like, Ooh, what are you getting into? And today one that caught my caught my eye is a little three part story about why tax laws are so complicated. Let me pull it up real quick. It was morning brew. Yeah. So it's, they feel like a three little three part thing. It said, why are taxes so difficult? Especially when they're so easy in other countries. The short answer, it's intentional. Tax lawyers write complicated laws to avoid exploitation, intentionally crafting a system that's incomprehensible. As much as I agree with you, <laughs> that you're a, you're a pretty big, uh, you're getting getting pretty big for your britches there, Morning Brew. It's supposed to be a little, uh, little, little low key, but now I think they've gotten so big that they're like, we can take shots. We can really take shots at the corrupt system. I'm kind of here for it. I don't know what else to say on it without us getting into the same ring as them, but <laughs> good for them. Yeah. If they got the power, I mean, go for it. They say the stuff that I'm just not willing to say at this point. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Is, maybe maybe nice. one day if they ever buy us out or if we hit their uh, their level. I love the morning brew. I looked, I was like, I would love to do like a freelance writing job for them or something, but everything it has in New York. And I was like, eh, I just screw New York. Wow. I don't want to do that. You guys are ruining my roads. I'm already mad. Everything's at you. virtual now, bud. Their whole thing is virtual. There's no reason for you to be in New York. You could do it from Jacksonville easily. Yeah, I don't know. I just nah, New York. Oh, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. You know, they advertise a job in Florida, and I'll tell you a little night job. A little night job would be nice because you know I got stuff going on during the day. I got a real job, big boy stuff. Ah, but it could be your big boy job. Nah, no way. I love my company. They treat me very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, someone's got Simpsons next. I also saw this on yep. Twitter. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, it's time to be afraid again. I feel like every single year a report comes out where the Simpsons predict something. And uh, this year they've officially predicted the metaverse as of 2011. Um, It was on the ninth episode of season 23. Back in 2011, um, Lisa Simpson was a grown adult. It was in the future. And she had a plug into the metaverse. And, uh, And at first, you know, you may think, well, didn't the Matrix essentially predict the metaverse back then? But, I mean, this was eerily similar to facebook's metaverse she all i remember from the scene is she plopped in got inundated with friend requests from the system had to deny the friend requests and uh and it's just i don't know how they do it again and again but uh they've done it again um i forget the name of the creator of the simpsons but at this point i'm sold on the fact that he's a time traveler i think it's matt groaning 
Yep, that's him. Yeah, yep. he's super. T- he did Futurama too. So yeah, the direct quote at the end of the clip is great. It's like Google, you've enslaved half the population, but damn, are you a good search engine? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have right. That's I, right. I have a hot take on this. I don't think the Simpsons predict the future. I think the future just happens because of what the Simpsons say. Like they do stuff, and then ten years later, companies like, ooh, we should do that, <laughs> and then they do it, and then everyone freaks out. <laughs> That's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. The other idea I've heard is the Simpsons just make so many goddamn episodes that they're just bound to stumble into stuff eventually by chance. Yeah, they just cover literally everything. I mean, they make fun of <laughs> well, they make fun of all the stuff that we talk about and tease about, and then it actually happens in real life. It's great. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they predicted the Trump presidency still amazes me. So more power to them. That was a weird year. That whole year, there was like four episodes that lined up with the exact frame shot of what they had like animated in two thousand, like the early two thousands. And you say, "Oh man, that one's kind of weird." Like that, that right there is a little weird. <laughs> and then the guy, I'm telling you, he's just laughing in our faces, Macroning. He's a time traveler, predicts all this stuff, and then goes and makes a show called Futurama just to give us the middle finger and be like, boom, right there. Okay, you, you may be onto something with that point. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. And the whole thing about like Futurama just it plays on all the stuff that we said a long time ago that was really, really ridiculous about how the future would look. And it's actually a really, really entertaining show, but I don't know where you would find it. Either way, it's totally worth a watch. Yeah, I think it might be on Hulu if uh, if anyone's interested. If I'm wrong, sorry, you can email us and, and chew me out. But <laughs> that's what I got for The Simpsons. I love it. All right, I think, Matt, you've got the next one. Actually, yeah, that one was me. <laughs> it's Joey. Yeah, but uh, no, I, yeah, just because I watched this movie last night, and it's contentious, so I won't, I won't get too much into the weeds here. Just wanted to bring it up because it seemed important. Um, there's this new movie out on Netflix called Don't Look Up, and I guess I should have covered this when we were talking movies, but it's, this falls into entertainment as well. Yeah. Um, it's got a bunch of big names in it. Uh, Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, there's another girl in it that's super famous that I can't remember, but Ariana Grande's in it, Kid Cudi. It's, it's star-studded. I've wanted and, to watch it since I saw it. Yeah, I... At first, it's a little off-putting because it's you can't figure out what it's going for. Is it trying to be serious? Is it trying to be a comedy? But then about 30 minutes to an hour in, you're like, oh, my God, it's I, I get it. And, and basically, the whole premise of the movie is uh, a professor and uh, one of his doctor, doctoral candidates from Michigan State, they discover an asteroid that's heading right towards Earth and is on a collision course, and it's going to hit Earth in six months. And when it hits Earth, it's going to end all life. Like we're talking dinosaur level extinction. And um, they go to tell the president and they try to tell everyone. And the reaction of the whole world is we don't give a shit. Yeah, it's it's literally they're just so distracted with their daily lives. No one wants to listen. The president doesn't want to listen. Uh, the public doesn't want to listen. No one wants to listen to the experts. And it's just it's too eerily close to a couple of issues in our modern day life that I don't want to get into, but I, I mean, it's, I highly recommend watching it. And, and it's funny whenever you watch stuff like this, that's so ridiculous. You're like, Oh, this is, this is so ridiculous. This could never happen in real life. And then you compare it to a couple of modern day things in our life. And then you're just like, wow, 
it, it's just it puts everything in perspective the animal spirits guys are at their total movie buffs like they've seen all the movies and so they always do reviews in their episodes ben michael love your stuff by the way hope you're listening but they did this one i think last week and uh the, their big debate was like is this too on the nose and they got into it they said nah this is like peak satire it is absolutely the peak of satire at this day and age Oh, it's perfect. And uh, it's funny just because uh, Meryl Streep plays the president, but she does such a great job. And it's almost too funny because the the chief of staff is her son. This is Jonah Hill, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jonah Hill. (laughs) And as soon as I saw the first scene, I immediately knew what they were going for. And I said it. And Maddie totally ignored me. She was my girlfriend. She was on her phone, just not paying attention. She was like, this is a stupid comedy. An hour and a half into the movie, she drew the same conclusion I made. And I said, Maddie. I literally said that an hour and a half ago. I've been I've been like keyed into this the whole movie and you're just picking this up now. And she's like, oh, well, now I like the movie. And I was like, oh, of course you do now. Yeah, let me but, guess. She doesn't like South Park. She doesn't get it. Yeah, exactly. She can't do satire, but I digress. Go watch the movie. It's a great movie. Yep, I, I need to. I'm going to try to do that this weekend because they advertised it to me a while ago. And the second I saw it with Leo and Jonah Hill and I said, oh, my God, I have to see this. Love it. Love it. it's too funny at the beginning of the movie, i won't spoil much but at the beginning of the movie they they go and they tell the president uh yeah our lives are going to end in six months if we don't do something and and she just looks up goes how much is this going to cost me <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like it's too true but uh all right we can move on from that that's that's all i have to say on that we should do a movie review section at some point that'd be fun i just don't watch a lot of movies Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big movie fan, but I've struggled to keep up recently as well. I mean, I got a bunch on my list. Still haven't seen The Matrix. Still haven't seen Dune. Um, Dune still need so to see good. House of Gucci. A uh, ton of good ones out. I heard House of Gucci wasn't that good, but that bums me out because I really, really want to see it. I know. I'd, I've heard all the issues are the actors and actresses sometimes lose their Italian accents. <laughs> they they do them for one scene, don't do them for another. And then I, I just heard it's long. It's a real long movie. Yeah. Either way, I'll give it a shot, see if we can. I uh, yeah. The complaint I heard was that Adam Driver's like only in the first half, and he's the best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I heard a lot of people aren't fans of Jared Leto's character, which, I don't know. He gets, I think he's an acquired taste. He gets a lot of shit, and I really like him. Yeah. yeah, you either like him or you don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how I feel on him, but all right, I'm ready to move on. Perfect. I wanted to include a little point in time to talk about because it makes me really happy i have been dipping my toe in like the web 3 DeFi kind of weird cryptocurrency uh point of twitter like that community and it's really tight-knit i know i've mentioned greg eisenberg and sahil bloom i pronounced his name wrong it's not sahil it's sahil i guess regardless i have been dipping my toes and it just kind of like liking things here and there picking up a little follow kind of tweaking my feed to reflect a lot more of that this week, I took the jump and I was like, all right, I'm going to start commenting on stuff. I'm ready. And I dove in and I, I made a bunch of comments on a whole bunch of things. And it was such a positive reaction. And I had people liking my stuff. I had people sending me recommendations and apps and all these helpful things. And I said, oh, my God, this is my new favorite spot on Twitter. It's amazing. There's like I haven't found the assholes yet. And if you do, if you go on. All right. There's a couple different corners of Twitter that I actively kind of like. Don't ever put my foot in the ring because you just get wrecked because people are evil. FinTwit is one of those financial Twitters. Everyone is more sarcastic than you can possibly imagine. It is a dangerous place. And if you say something, you're going to get yelled at by someone. And you're going to get applauded by the other half. 
Sports Twitter is another one. Sports Twitter is all anger. Joey, you play around in sports Twitter whenever you're on. I don't know how you do it. Oh, I, I had to delete the app Twitter. So now anytime I go on Twitter, I actually go to twitter.com in my <laughs> Safari browser. And all I pay attention to is any tweet involving the Steelers. Yeah. I, and I won't look at the comments. I can't. This past <laughs> Monday night was Big Ben's final game at Heinz Field. I was in attendance. And I did shed a couple tears for my Lord and Savior, number seven. Oh, my God. Um, it was great. It was great. No one left the stadium after the game ended. We all stayed there, chanted, thank you, Ben. He did a couple victory laps. It was emotional. But, I mean, you can't even get on Twitter and praise the guy because then you got a bunch of trolls and comments and threads. And, and let me tell you, sports Twitter can be a positive place, but you just can't get tied up in the threads and comments because everyone thinks that their team is the best. And everyone hates everyone else on every other team. All right. I'm a new job that someone can do. If you can figure this out in like the creator world, the new creator economy we've got, this should be a professional Twitter advisor that you pay a, like a flat fee for a piece of his time, his or her time. You come in and you say, all right, here's the things I like. Here's the things I agree with, disagree with. And they kind of you go through like three sessions and they completely fix and redefine your Twitter feed so that you don't see all the horrible things. You see things you're interested in that you want to engage with and that if you engage with that community is going to be really good to you. I think that would have some potential. Yeah, I like that. I could fix um, your Twitter. I'll bet I could just get off sports Twitter. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, I know. I've and never seen more negative. Get an angry Browns fan bitching in the, the comments <laughs> like, "Oh, Big Ben's this, Big Ben's that." I'm like, "Listen, buddy, you gotta take a take a step back, man. Calm down." I'm over here getting like app recommendations and people saying, "Oh, that was a really nice comment you had. I really appreciated that." And you're over here getting shit on. <laughs> I know. No wonder I deleted Twitter. That's probably yeah. why I had to delete the app. I'm just in the wrong circles on it. I I'm too far gone. You, too far gone to go back. Well, so the issue is you actually have to put in effort to like get into where you need to be on Twitter. Like it's an it's like it's like a side job basically. So like my Twitter is customized to where it's really good. And it has totally figured me out to where if I put something in front of me that I don't want to see, I don't enjoy it, it's politics, I don't care, I immediately tell it, get this away from me, I don't want to see it, I hate it. I want to see tech stuff, innovation stuff, car stuff, financial stuff without, I, I like a little dabble, like a, it's like the spice on the top, it's a little bit, a little bit of financial sarcasm because I chuckle and I'm like, oh, I get that. But not too much because you get too far into it and then the politics jump in and you're like, I don't want to see it, don't care, don't want it. Matt, what mm -hmm. Twitter circles are you in? So I'm big into med Twitter or yeah. medical Twitter, but like I haven't made the plunge of jumping into it because it's a kind of like particular zone. There's a lot of things like that people want to say, but can't say. So there's a whole lot of anonymous like medical Twitter accounts that are out there and people like say what they want to. And they're huge because they actually say the things that people want to say. So I tried that. I tried making an anonymous account. Didn't really put the time in it to do anything. So I just got rid of it. But like, I want to get more into it. It's a great platform. You can meet a lot of people, make a lot of connections. It's like a big networking thing for the medical field. But I don't know. Like, I, I just kind of sit from the background, watch, see what's going on, throw in a couple likes and retweets as needed, and then kind of like lurch in the background. I get your retweets. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, I know he's definitely got a lot of medical stuff there. You have a little troll in you. You don't have a massive troll in you. To be an anonymous Twitter account that makes memes and says sarcastic things, you have to be a ginormous troll and you have to really not care what people say to you. That's also because I'm careful and my account is 
like public and has my name attached and yeah. I don't want like future employers to come in and be like, Oh, you said this about the medical field back in 2020. Um, <laughs> that's a big red flag for us. And we're like, Oh damn. Okay. Twitter's, uh, canceling me from jobs. Great. That's so I, uh, all right. I'm going to do an article at some point. I've wanted to do this about the pros and cons of putting yourself out there on social media. It's not worth our time to do on this show. But it's a really fun topic, and I love thinking about it and talking about it because it was so different five years before, like before where we are now, five years ago, you could not say a damn thing on social media without getting immediately like, all right, that was a stupid thing. Someone's going to bring it up, and now it's gone. We've had a long enough time now where everyone has said something stupid, everyone. Like Jim Cramer was all over the Elizabeth uh, Holmes thing or whatever with Theranos after she came out that she did all this fraud. People put up all these pictures because oh man, this is why it gets me so uptight. I'm like, everyone cares so much, but nobody cares. He, a long time ago, was like, you're the most innovative person on the planet, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And it was like so all over her. And then the second she gets sued, she says, I can't believe any smart person would have ever believed anything she ever said. The entirety of the internet put it up and said, dude, you're an idiot and a total fraud. Go away. It's like, just don't be an asshole because you'll be called out immediately. Don't be an asshole. Don't speak in definitives where <clears throat> you say that this will never occur or this is the best or whatever. But also, like, people also need to understand, like, opinions can change. We have that thing yes. all around the world that, like, whatever field you're in, science, medicine, politics, business, whatever, and people get mad when someone changes their opinion somewhere along the line for whatever reason. It's like, okay, do you just not want the person to grow and develop and create new ideas to actually think a little bit ever since you met them the first time? Like... It's ridiculous that people get upset when someone's like, oh, I have a new opinion now. Yep. That's well, that's why I've enjoyed Web3 Twitter so much because like they're so open to it. And you watch all these people that are like someone will quote someone and be like, was this you from three years ago? And they'll say, yeah, then I learned about this. Totally changed my mind. And then the comment from the first guy was right on, bro. Just immediately. I kind of like it. Love to hear it and see it. That sounds amazing and perfect. That's the society we need. It's uh yeah it's it's the NFT guys weirdly enough and there's some of them that are really sweaty and get really upset over stupid things but there's definitely a lot of interesting good ones and it it, it makes me happy. I never thought you, you would find that in that field but I guess you have and I'm happy to hear it. Well because they the only ones that get publicized by the other corners of the internet are the really really cringy horrible ones where someone's like you can't use my NFT as a profile picture. It's illegal. I'm going to sue you. And then everyone just laughs at them because they're like, that was a stupid thing to say. Nobody actually cares. We're all just having fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love it. All right. I got one more under here. And then in the interest of not running long, we'll be particular about what else we do. I follow this uh, guy named Casey Newman. I follow his Substack called Platformer, which I really enjoy. I will link the article that he wrote it was about a company called signal that is trying to build an untraceable payment platform and when you say things like untraceable payments a lot of red flags set off and he does a fantastic analysis it actually just went up tonight so it's a super fresh article it does a great job i'm really excited go read it i'll link it it's awesome it's all about the big problems we could see if payments became completely untraceable on the internet because someone still has the information but I don't know, and the problems you'd have with governments, with illegal transactions, with even keeping things public. The big reason why I'm, especially me, why I'm such a big in favor of the Web3 cryptocurrency thing is because everything is 100% transparent. That doesn't mean you can see 
the name of the person is doing it, but you cannot hide the wallet number of someone who's doing it. And if you start to see these things, you're able to pick up on it. There's just no way to hide a transaction. It is public to everyone. All they're trying to do is create a digital version of paying cash. Yeah, yeah, literally. And so, I don't know, I take a little like against this because anybody was like, oh, this is the worst thing because people can buy drugs without anybody noticing or whatever else. I'm like, okay, but you could do that with cash yep. in person already. It's only just applying cash to the internet. That's all this is. Yep. Yeah. I guess the only, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you read the article and decide, but you're right. That has also been my same thing is when people say like cryptocurrency is the worst thing ever. It facilitates illicit transactions. I say no cold, hard cash trans <laughs> elicits way more bad stuff. I mean, <laughs> ugh, uh, uh. okay, whatever. We can move on from that. Let's do, um, I think it's worth talking about the Sony electric car briefly. I don't, it, bad reporting, I don't have that much on it, but it's super fresh, kind of came out. Sony's partnering up with someone. Do you remember who it was, Matt? Let me pull it up. No, I didn't look too much into it. I, I, I knew that was your thing, so I kind of stayed out of it. Well, that's okay. They're, ta they're calling it the, uh, what is it, the Vision S02, something like that. And we had talked about off-air how it would make perfect sense for the big tech companies and the big car companies to partner up and make their electric cars. You could use the technology of the really fancy tech companies, but use the supply chain know-how of the automotive companies because they can actually put a car together. Apple can't build a car without partnering with someone else. They've proven that. They're monkeys when it comes to that thing. But if they would, I don't know, figure out, go to like, you know, the least likely culprit dodge and be like, Hey, look, do you want to put the car together? We'll do all the tech and throw the battery in and dodge would obviously say no, cause they're dodge, but I don't know. It, it could come out and it would be better than just trying to one off it. I think dodge has to partner with a company like Nokia. Yeah. It would have to be super weird. Like Blackberry makes no sense. Yes. Yeah. Even Blackberry is like dead now. Did you see? Yeah, but they're going into different things. They're going into like cybersecurity and all. No. Are you saying to buy BlackBerry stock right now? Is that what I just heard? It was a meme stock for a short period of time in 2021. <laughs> I don't remember when it kind of passed under the radar, but it definitely was a meme stock. Mm -hmm. It was like right after the AMC and GameStop trains took off. And then for some reason, everyone started saying BlackBerry now, BlackBerry to the moon. Jeez. Just <laughs> the beautiful madness of crowds. I love it. <laughs> it's incredible what... Uh, what people can accomplish when they band together. It's fantastic. Okay, let's finish it off with some Elon news and then we'll be good to go. I don't know who has the last one, the GM one. Oh, uh, that would be me. And so uh, it popped up that GM sold a grand total of 26, not 26,000, 26 only electric vehicles in quarter four of which 25 of them were the atrocious bolts. Yeah, it's horrible. And one of them was the EV Hummer. And Elon on Twitter responded to a tweet that posted this and said, room to improve. <laughs> He's such an asshole, I love him. <laughs> it's, it's so great. They sold a Hummer? I didn't know they sold a Hummer. Um, they just, <clears throat> they announced a month or two ago that they were supposed to be shipping them out. So, I think November or December, they were supposed to be actually delivered and in people's driveways, but it seems only one of them has. I would love to see those ginormous rocket tanks start showing up around town. That'd be cool. Yep. 
this is what companies mean that like it'll be delivered by the end of 2021 <laughs> it's just like one car out it's a single one yeah it's well you know they they make grand promises but they don't have a psychotic ceo to back it up on twitter so more psychotic ceos is the solution i agree but everyone needs. they have to be not like adam newman psychotic more like uh elon musk richard branson psychotic healthy psychotic Branson's been awful quiet recently. I wonder what he's doing on. I am going to stab in the dark. It's one of two things. Either one, crazy health problems that have been going on for a long time. Or two, unbelievably really cool tech is about to come out. I'm here for it. I think Virgin could be a much bigger company in all the different things they do. But they're just not really on many radars all that often. They're not in the news that much, kind of like Elon is. I'm curious. I feel like something's going to come out eventually that's just going to blow everything out of the water. Yep. It's incredible how many Americans don't know what Virgin is or don't know Richard Branson at all. Yeah. I've like I read his biography a while ago, at least one of them, and it's really good. And anytime I told someone I was reading Richard Branson's biography, they'd go, "Who?" And then I'd say, "You know, the guy that created Virgin." And they'd go, "What?" And I'm like, "Jesus." All right. No one has Virgin Mobile and no one flies Virgin Airlines. So it's like it's not something that's very present in everyday lives. Yeah. To be fair, I would not have been able to tell you who he was. Call it three years ago. So, yeah, yeah, probably probably about three years ago. All right. A little bit of slack. I think that wraps us up. That was a packed show. Do you guys have anything else? Nope, everything else I had, we can save and we can post about next time. There's going to be plenty of good stuff from CES once it wraps up, so I'll, I'll do that all in our next show. Yeah, CES has already got some good... Whoa, man, it's going to be a great tech episode. This this was packed. This is a great way to end the week, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay, it's going to be a full show notes, so make sure you check out everything underneath and have a terrific weekend, and we're going to see you, I think, Tuesday probably per usual. Maybe Wednesday. We'll see. Yep, have a good weekend. Have a good weekend.